Welcome to The Time Is Now. I am your host, Michael Stafford. It is Tuesday, January the 4th, and welcome to 2022, people. Yeah. All right. We have made it to another year. All right. All right. Let's get it. Can LeBron win M- MVP at age 37? And what in the magic mic was happening at MetLife Stadium this past Sunday but first? Who's in and who's out after week 17 in the NFL? We're going to have some fun this week to figure it all out. So sit back, relax, and I'll see you on the other side. All right, week 17, where do we begin? Where do we begin? So many storylines. I mean, this is one of the most epic NFL seasons in recent memory. We could talk about how Philly went ahead and kicked out the, the, the Washington team and stamped their ticket. We could talk about how Odell Beckham Jr. is resurging himself with the Rams and, and, and they got a win over the Ravens and how his Browns got kicked out of the playoff <laughs> race. Sorry, it's not that funny. We could talk about so many different things. We could talk about how my Raiders uh, almost got screwed, but then using it to their favor to beat the Colts and put, keeping themselves in the hunt. We could even talk about the Patriots, how Belichick continues to dominate rookie quarterbacks. We could even talk about the Titans going 34-3 at home over Miami, really stifling their hopes of making it in. But... The overall thing, the biggest, biggest thing that happened this weekend that you guys won't forget is Bucks at Jets. Tom Brady in the Meadowlands. Um, Jets were beating them, I believe it was 24 to 10 in the second half. And the Bucks started having some problems internally. They were having some problems internally. And I couldn't see the entire commotion because the last clip you see is is Tom Brady talking to Antonio Brown while he's on the sideline. And that's the clip they keep showing. But something happened. It was several plays after that. Not many, but like a few or so when they're on the sideline. And next thing you know, um, you had uh, Mike Evans and, and, and Howard trying to restrain Antonio Brown. But he obviously quit on his team and he quit on his career, and most likely just put a nail in the coffin of his chances of ever getting into the Hall of Fame. I had a lot of people saying that he doesn't have Hall of Fame numbers. I'm not going to go over all his numbers with you. You do that on your time. I know what I know, and he had a Hall of Fame resume. And then him getting the Super Bowl last year just put a nice little check mark in the hat of things for his Super Bowl, I'm sorry, his Hall of Fame recognition. We all know how long it took T.O. to get in there based upon his shenanigans. This right here, not only did A.B. have the shenanigans, but then he also doubled down with quitting mid-game while your team is in the hunt for a number one seed. 
they went ahead after that event and put up 18 straight points to win 28 to 24 over the Jets. It was the largest comeback in Tampa Bay history, at, you know, and um, I think it was one of the largest comebacks outside of what Tom Brady did in the, in, against the Falcons in the Super Bowl that he has had. So that was a great win. It's an unfortunate thing for uh, um, Antonio Brown to have to um, see that. He's always had mental health issues. When you go even back um, with the incident in the locker room in Pittsburgh, the incident with Oakland, um, now the Vegas Raiders, um, the incident in, uh, well, in New England, it was more about a sex allegation at that time, they just went ahead and got rid of him. Um, I'm not going to talk about the Vax card. That was just stupid. That had nothing to do with, a, you know, showing any mental health issues. But then you had another incident that he had with the mother of his children. And that whole situation. And if they didn't know who he was, he could have ended up killed by the police. He was very belligerent. He was going at the police. He's shown time and time again that he's not stable. And I could track it back to the perfect hit when uh, Burfick from Cincinnati gave him that crazy hit and got ejected and helped uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers actually win that that, that game. Um, but ever since then, he's, he's been the same. But a lot of people say he's been this way off the field for a number of years. It's rare now that it's starting to follow him onto the field and for him just to quit like that. See, that's the key. He could have just quit on his team. And I've seen people do it. And it's not great, but you sit there like Scottie Pippen did it. He just sat on the sideline, pounded, whatever, but do what he did and wave it off and do it. That shows a whole nother level of something. He definitely has some demons haunting him. Moving on, Chiefs versus Bengals. That was a great game. As Bengals beat the, the, the Chiefs 34-31 to come back and win that one. And that has serious playoff implications. Um, the Giants are just sad. I wish I had the audio for what Joe Judge said at, at his press conference because it was brought out, highlighted later on another show, saying that he was just pretty much gaslighting. He was just lying to the public, trying to pretty much plead to the owners why he should still have a job. Now, mind you, they deal with a lot of injuries. They need a lot. They have a lot of holes, but the games that they're losing and the way that they're losing, it's all about the way you're losing. I'm going to talk about that in basketball later. The way the Lakers lose is, is, is part of the issue. But the way you lose matters. Bills with the ice bowl. Beating Atlanta 29 to 15, and the Niners still playing great. People in and out the lineup, having quarterbacks in and out the lineup, and they're still finding ways to win. The NFC West is real, people. The AFC West, too, but the NFC West, I mean, they don't have a weakness. I mean, Seattle's their worst team, and that's Russell Wilson. And speaking of Russell Wilson, they just put up 51 points in the, against Detroit. That may have been his final game in Seattle. We're going to talk about that probably at the end of the season. I don't even want to talk about it right now until we see how things unfold. The Saints still shaking it up, still without um, Jameis Winston. I think Winston's done for the season. So it's like they're still in the hunt for it, but why do you want to be in it? Get a better draft pick because you guys have don't stand a chance in the playoffs. So just, just be done with it right now. Um, and how about them Cowboys? Very inconsistent team. Now, we know the Cardinals are a good team, but they're not even fully healthy. And they went into Dallas and won, or Arlington, whatever you want to call it and beat the Cowboys 25 to 22. Hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. Tell of two teams, you know, they, it's like they have to play perfect to win. They can't find a way to win ugly. They're one of the teams, and I think that's a lot to do with Mike McCarthy. You have a coach who doesn't manage the clock well, and there were some instances in that game. 
where he called a timeout when he shouldn't have an inadvertent timeout. Like, it's just, this is what I said the other week. He's going to be the reason why, because they have no hole. They're good at every level on both sides of the ball. But if they don't play perfect, if it's not easy, if they're not front running, if they're not, if they don't have, like I said before, if they're up by two scores late, you're probably done. But when they have some adversity, mm, Mike McCarthy kind of fumbles a little bit. You don't have Aaron Rodgers no more to, 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 to plug your holes. And a lot of people can say that. They say, well, he won a Super Bowl with Green Bay. Well, mm, they got one. Aaron Rodgers should at least have three right now, man. That's how great he is. And the fact the way they were drafting over the years and, and, and Mike McCarthy as a coach, it all shows that. Tom Brady's great, but you think he's six Super Bowls better than Aaron Rodgers? No. Come on, people. Use your common sense. All right. And then the Monday night game, Steelers versus uh, the Browns, where you saw a lot of uh, crying because he knows Ben Roethlisberger's knows. I mean, they still have a chance of making it. They still have a chance of making it into the postseason, but that may have been his last game ever um, over there at Heinz Field. So, playoff picture, it, like I said, it's crazy. It's coming down to the wire. To the wire. All right. So, right now in the AFC, the Tennessee Titans without King Henry, still number one. They have the tiebreak over the Kansas City Chiefs based on head-to-head win percentage. Number two, the Chiefs. Also clinched the AFC West, 11-5. Number three, the Bengals put themselves in. They clinched the AFC North. Wins tiebreak over Buffalo based on best percentage in conference games. That's why they're third over Buffalo, who is fourth, who clinched a spot, but they've yet to clinch the division. The only division not still up for debate is New England versus Buffalo. We're going to talk about that just in a little bit. All right. And also, New England has clinched. They are in fifth right now. That could also change next week. They're going to either be fourth or fifth considerably. You never know. It could even move up to third. Depends. Depends on what happens with the Bengals. All right. And six right now, who's currently in it? The Colts are down to six. Um, there's a lot of things there. It says win tiebreak over Los Angeles based on best win percentage in the conference games. Division tiebreak was initially used to eliminate Las Vegas. Wins tiebreak over Las Vegas based on head-to-head win percentage. All right. And in the final spot are the Chargers. They win tiebreak over Lakers based on head-to-head win percentage. The Raiders are right there, and Pittsburgh's still technically in it. And ninth, everyone else has been eliminated. Dolphins just got eliminated. Um, actually, I'm sorry, the Ravens still have a chance. We're going to go over that in a little bit as well. All right, moving on down to the NFC. Green Bay. Green Bay Packers have clinched number one throughout the NFC. They've clinched at the Rams have clinched a spot, but they have still yet to clinch the AFC, the NFC West. They're number two. The Bucks are third. They've clinched their division, and they are in. The Cowboys, we said last week, clinched their division. They are in. Cardinals have clinched. They are in and fifth, but they're still fighting for the NFC West crown. San Francisco right now is currently in it, and the Eagles have actually clinched. Ooh, that is awesome. Eagles have clinched, and they are in it. So it's interesting that San Francisco has even clinched, but they're ahead of them in the standings because tiebreak over Philly based on head-to-head win percentage. Interesting. And that Saints are still have yet or still not out of it just yet. Everyone else has been ruled out, been eliminated this week. So um, it's a lot of playoff implications. I have it all broken down here. Bear with me. Get a paper and pen because there's a lot to try to figure out. All right. The clinching scenarios. 
for the Chargers in able to in order to clinch getting into the playoffs, not just just to get into the playoffs. The Chargers have to win. They have to beat the the Raiders. Actually, let's go over. Let's go over that real, 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 real quick. Week eighteen. These are the matchups. I love how they set it up. They set them all up with, with, with divisional foes. I love it. And knowing that late in the season they may have playoff implications, they were right. Um, what's the big games? You have Eagles versus Cowboys. Both teams have already clinched. It's not really that big of a game. All right. Where's another one? Raven Steelers. Huge game. Huge game. I'll go over that in a little bit because both teams need to win, but they both teams also need other things to happen in order for them to get in. We'll go over that in a little bit. Uh, Colts Jaguars. You wouldn't think that's a big game. The Jags are at home. It's actually a huge game. So um, the Jags aren't that good. The Colts are pretty good, but don't be surprised if the Jaguars win. There's a lot of people rooting, putting bad juju on that matchup. Let's move on down the road. Uh, Seahawks Cardinals means nothing. It means a lot to the Cardinals, nothing to the Seahawks. They might play spoiler. All right. Jets Bills, huge game. A lot of playoff implications there. Patriots, Dolphins, not so much. They've actually did a flex. Well, 49ers, Rams, a big game as well. They did a flex. Chargers, Raiders were actually put to be a, a, a 125 game, which is 125 on the Western Conference before everything that happened this past weekend. Now they've been flexed to Sunday night football, which we all know is the best game of the week. It's usually Sunday night, not Monday night. And actually, there's no Monday night football game this week. So this is the last game of the week. Chargers versus Raiders in Las Vegas. That is going to be a barn burnout. Wish I could be there for that game. Oh my God. Hope my boy uh, uh, X is listening to this. Zeminio, you're the Chargers fan. I'm the Raiders fan. Let's see. Oh, and my dad's a Chargers fan. I'm definitely watching this at his house. They're going to have it on Sunday Night Football. Oh my God. I'm watching this with my pops. Dad, I see you. All right. This is how everybody's going to clinch. These are the clinching scenarios. Number one, Chargers. Chargers has got to win. Or they could get a tie. They could finish the game with a tie. And the way you finish the tie is in overtime. Both teams have the same score. Uh, then overtime, in order to win, your first possession, if you get a touchdown, you win. On the second possession, if the game is still tied, you get a field goal, you can still win. So if the score is the same after each team has a possession, they could finish in a tie. And in doing so, the Chargers could still get into the playoffs. Now, for the Raiders, for the Raiders to get in, obviously they have to win. But they have other scenarios. Another scenario is they could get a tie with the Chargers, plus the Colts have to lose. So if they get a tie and the Colts lose, then the Chargers and the Raiders are into the playoffs. Funny, weird, crazy. There's another scenario where the Raiders could get in. The third scenario is the Colts and Pittsburgh both lose. So if Pittsburgh loses to who are Pittsburgh playing? Pittsburgh's playing. Um, I just saw it. Um, Pittsburgh is playing against the Ravens. So if the Ravens win and the Jaguars win, like uh, the Raiders are in. So the Raiders could actually lose, still lose, but as long as the Colts and the Steelers lose, the Raiders are back in it again. <laughs> you gotta love it. Gotta love it. All right. So the Raiders got a three opportunities to get in. Chargers have pretty much won. They have to win or tie. If they lose, they're out. And if the Raiders win, the Raiders are in. Simple as that. Now, moving on to the Colts. The Colts win, they're in. They're in. Which means then, the Raiders have to win. If the Colts win, which they should, 
The Raiders have to win or they're out. All right. Next. The Colts have another option. The Colts, for the Colts to get in, Pittsburgh, L.A., and Miami all have to lose. So if the Colts lose, they're going to need Pittsburgh, Chargers, and Miami all to lose for them still to get a chance to get in. All right, you follow so far? All right. Now, the Ravens, this is where it gets really crazy. The Ravens not only have to win, they need the Colts to lose, the Chargers to lose, and Miami to lose for them to get in. So the Ravens have to win first. Then the Colts have to lose, the Chargers have to lose, and Miami has to lose. That's one hell of a parlay, all right? Okay, finally, the uh, not finally, the Steelers. In order for the Steelers to get in, they have to win. Also, the Colts have to lose, the Chargers, and the, the Raiders can't tie. So... The Colts, they have to win. The Colts have to lose. And the Chargers and the Raiders can't tie. So the, uh, so pretty much someone has to win between Chargers and the Raiders. But if there's a tie between Chargers and the Raiders, they're still out, even if they win. So it's, it's, a, it's that's an interesting scenario there. So that's how that will play out. Now, as we go into the top seeds in the, in the AFC, they're still open because the Green Bay has already clinched NFC top seed, which is huge because whoever gets the top seed gets the bye. Right. All right. Cool. For the top seed to clinch, the Titans have to just win. Just win, baby. If the Titans win, they clinch. We have another scenario. If Kansas City, Cincinnati, and New England all lose, they also clinch. Even if they lose, they have to. These other teams have to lose. All right. The third way for the Titans to clinch is Kansas City lose, Cincinnati lose, and Buffalo wins. So if Buffalo wins, which means they clinch their division then Titans don't have to win so that's another one let's go over again Titans win they clinch if they lose then they're going to need Kansas City Cincinnati and New England all to lose or final scenario if they lose they're going to need Kansas City to lose Cincinnati and they also need Buffalo to win so it's interesting how that all lines up now if the Chiefs want to clinch number one not only do they need to win they also need Tennessee to lose so Tennessee owns, they have control of their their destination. They have control of their destiny. All right. The Chiefs have to win and Tennessee has to lose. Now for the Bengals, the Bengals have to win. Tennessee has to lose and Kansas City has to lose. And also New England has to lose for the Bengals to have a chance at the number one seed. Another way the Bengals could end up with the bye, they still have to win, of course. Tennessee has to lose. Kansas City has to lose. And also Buffalo has to win. There's a lot of people wanting Buffalo to win, except for the Pats, of course. All right. And speaking of the Pats, finally, for the Patriots to get the um, first week by, of course, they have to win first, but they need Buffalo to lose, Tennessee to lose, and also Kansas City to lose. So hope you guys can figure all of that out because that's a lot going on, going on, going on. But it's going to be a fun week. It's been a great NFL season, and there's a lot to look forward to. If, if anything, how this season panned out, how was everybody's pretty much close, a game apart here or there, I cannot wait for the postseason, and that's coming from a true NBA fan. Well, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to dive into some NBA action. You're listening to The Time Is Now. 
Are you tired of spending your entire weekend at dealerships only to feel as if you got a raw deal? Don't you hate all the back and forth and haggling for countless hours? Imagine this. While you're at work or having dinner or just enjoying life, the people at Pure Diamond Auto are working a great deal on your behalf. With Pure Diamond Auto, they have a team of former sales and finance managers who know all the tricks of the trade. Call 562-PDA-7888 today for a free consultation. That's 562 7888. What can I say? I love PDA. All right, you know what time it is. It's my favorite part of the show. It's a happy birthday, so let's go. Ghost Amari Harwick's turning 48 this week. And from the real and young Jesus wife, Jeannie Mai, turning 43. Al Jefferson's turning 37 this week. And Tina knows that's Beyonce's mama. She's turning 68. And Labyrinth, the singer, is turning 33 this week. And Bradley Cooper is turning 47. Dave Matthews from the Dave Matthews Band turning 55 this week. And NBA legend Alex English turning 68. Marilyn Manson, Marilyn Manson is turning 53 this week. And Rod Stewart is turning 77. The King, Derek Henry. Derek Henry is turning 28 this week. And Diane Keaton is turning 76. J.K. Simmons is turning 67 this week. And Agent Zero, Gilbert Arenas, is turning 40. Jason Mitchell. Jason Mitchell's turning 35 this week from NWA in the Shy. And Colin Sexton's turning 23. Michael Beasley is turning 33 this week. And he's the man. He's the man. He's the man. Aloe Black turning 43. Rapper Polo G is turning 23 this week. And Rowan Atkinson, you may know him as Mr. Bean, is turning 67 this week. Peter Guns is turning 53 this week. And Jody Woods, that's Jordan Woods, baby sister, she's turning 15. Ocho Cinco, Chad Johnson turning 44 this week. And NBA legend Muggsy Bowes is turning 57. And I Love New York, I Love New York, Tiffany Pollard's turning 40 this week. And George Foreman's turning 73. Eric Trump's turning 38 this week. And Blue Ivy is turning 10. Funny man, Deshae Frost is turning 21 this week. And Big Dog, Glenn Robinson, is turning 49 this week. And from the Born Legacy, Jeremy Renner is turning 51 this week. And Tamina Slicker, that's Jimmy Slicker's daughter, she's turning 44. Jameis Winston wants to eat the W this week. He's turning 28. And Nicholas Cage is turning 58. Tommy the Clown, the dancer, Tommy the Clown is turning 53 this week. And Lamar Jackson from the Baltimore Ravens. It's turning 25. North Korea's own Kim Jong-un is turning 38 this week. And finally, Rey Mysterio Sr. is turning 64. We have some honorable mentions. Dustin Diamond. You may know him as Screech. Screech passed away just last year. Would have been 45 this week. Genius Stephen Hawking passed away 2018. Would have been 80 this week. David Bowie. David Bowie passed away 2016. Would have been 75 this week. And Tricky Dick, Richard Nixon, who passed away 1994, would have been 109 this week. And finally, you may call him the king. I don't, but you may. Elvis Presley passed away 1977. Would have been 87 this week but that's all the birthdays we have this week guys now back to our show
All right, this week in the NBA, so much to talk about. This new year starting off great. We can talk about how LeBron's going off for the last eight games. Even though the Lakers have been struggling, they finally seem like they're figuring it out. But the biggest news, man, the biggest news. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Guess who's Bazak? You got Kyrie Irving scheduled to come back this week. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Clay Thompson. They're talking about Clay Thompson possibly coming back this weekend. Man, you can't get enough of the NBA action. My goodness, my goodness. You got these guys, Kezus Bazak, coming back in the building, man. We got a lot of people coming back. So um, that's going to be huge for the landscape. You got one of the top teams in the East with their part of their big three coming back. And you got the best team in the league with their second best player coming back. So with all that going on, going on, going on, you can only imagine how good that makes your boy feel over here. All right. So speaking on NBA action, um, just last night, you had the Rockets get beat down by the 76ers, who's looking to probably look like sooner than later. We're moving Ben Simmons for who? Got to stay tuned on that. And Joel Embiid is plugging themselves for the uh, for MVP candidate, moving into the top four or five discussion with a triple-double, 31 and 15 and 10. Now, about those Rockets, we had a story with Kevin Porter Jr., um, got into an altercation with, with, I believe, Coach Silas, right? And to the point to where he was so upset, he left the stadium. He left the arena mid-game. Sound like the last segment we talked about AB, right? So we all know he has a history of not really so much that, but with his temperament to where Cleveland just gave him away for a bag of nickels. And Cleveland's looking great for it. Not, not the, see, that's the thing. Kevin Porter Jr. obviously looks like he's part of the future. He's one of the biggest reasons why uh, your boy getting paid the most money in the league right now and uh, John Wall is sitting on the bench because they want to build around Kevin Porter. But he has obviously some anger issues, some mental issues, because only could you have a mental episode to where you would allow yourself to go off like that to be to leave to abandon your team mid-game. Now, now, this is not the same as Antonio Brown, but it's... Mm, Antonio Brown's now out of the league and may never be in the Hall of Fame. Kevin Porter just got suspended. Also, Christian Wood, similar thing, refused to play in the second half. So, this guy, I believe, didn't start because of the fact he has a, a lot of different times he gets tardy or late. That's not good habits. And this is a man who bounced around from team to team. So that's not something that's going to help his stock either being tradable or getting another big contract. So with the storylines around the league, you had Charlotte get beat by um, by the Wizards last night. Kyle Kuzma balled out 36 and 14, 36 and 14. Those are all-star numbers. Not saying he's an all-star. Just saying is, where are all the Kyle Kuzma haters now? Where are you now? Yeah, I'm keeping that jersey, my brother. I'm keeping the jersey you had here with the Lakers, number zero. Memphis Grizzlies upset the Nets at home. John Morant showing why he's that dude. People talking about probably putting him in an MVP discussion. I would say no, because the Memphis Grizzlies went 10-1 and when he was absent and then lost, I believe, two or so, three in a row or so when he came back. Two of those games he played in. So that already kills that right away. He's doing great, but we all know that team is great even without him. They may not be dangerous in the playoffs, but they can still win a lot of regular season games without him. It's great coaching. 
and a great staff. But John Morant definitely should make it to the All-Star game. Moving on. The Bulls. <laughs> the Bulls right now are world beaters. If you haven't figured it out yet, the Bulls are actually title contenders, people. They just won eight straight. They're the number one team in the East. I believe they're the number two team in the league. Put some respect on their name. And people want to talk trash about DeMar DeRozan. I kept trying to tell y'all. Nobody watches San Antonio basketball. When they used to play in the finals, they used to have the lowest ratings. And Tim Duncan didn't help because he was boring as hell. So you got a non-flashy player. And DeMar's not flashy either. And I love what San Antonio does. They have, they have DeJounte Murray, one of my favorite guards in fantasy, man. But DeMar's been balling. He started, he developed his three-point shot. When he got excommunicated from Toronto and then they won the championship that following season, that stung because he helped build that team with Kyle Lowry. And for him to get benched in that, I believe it was the Easter Conference final before he got excommunicated, him and the coach got gone. That was an ego sting. And then him having to rebuild himself, starting to develop his three-point shot because people thought he was just afraid to shoot the three. He developed it. And now look what DeMar is doing. Two back-to-back three-point buzzer beaters to win the game on the road. Put some respect on his name, people. The Bucks got upset by the Pistons at home. That's it. That with Giannis did well, but not good enough because Sadiq Bay was in his bag. 34-8-4. And the, 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 the Pistons beat down on the Bucks. Also, the Jazz still doing their thing, and Denver's kind of falling off to the side. And as Luka's back now with the Mavericks, like they might figure it out. 21 points, 8 rebounds, 15 assists. I told y'all, Jason Kidd's going to make sure to hold Luka accountable. He's going to get the most out of Chris Tasperzingas. Even though uh, 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 your boy, three-point shooter, Steph Curry, Chef Curry, had nine points at home against Miami, they still found a way to win. Now, Jimmy Butler, get well, my brother. They still found a way to win. Jordan Poole leading them 32-2-5. This goes to my point again. Now, when Wiseman and Clay comes back, Jordan Poole's going to get less shine, but you got a guy who can give you 32 outside of Clay and Steph. Don't forget about Wiggins can give you 30 any night. So it's like pick your poison. When all four of those boys on the court, you got a problem, Lee. You got a problem. All right. Trey Young went off for 56 and 14. He is one of the he has one of the most assists. I think he's the second most assist of all times by scoring 50 points. That's huge. And that was me just now going on a rant online saying that LaMelo Ball in the next few years could be better than Trey Young. I still say that. Even though LaMelo had a horrible night um, from the field just as the same evening last night, I still feel that way. LaMelo being 6'8", 6'7", makes a big deal. Their numbers are already very comparable. Uh, Percentage-wise, LaMelo's better, better across the board. He just doesn't score as much points. He doesn't get to the free throw line as much as Trey. Great night from Trey. It's not, it's not the best night to, to illuminate that fact. Or, or my opinion, I should say. But great night for Trey, but I still believe what I believe. Come back to me two seasons from now, we'll talk about it. And Minnesota, as they got beat by the Lakers, went ahead and got the redemption against the Clippers, which also helps the Lakers. So I appreciate that. And as we speak about the Lakers, uh, this is the thing that's burning, right? Not an STD. <laughs> no, but seriously, this is what's burning me right now. As AD's hobbled, he won't be back for some time which means he might not, he should not make the all-star team. But LeBron James being 37 years old and doing what he's doing now, playing center, this man has officially now played every single position in the NBA, literally. 
He's on my fantasy team. They have him with three different positions. Not many players on fantasy get credited for three different positions. He's point guard, small forward, and now center. Okay. Just so you know. The Lakers' efficiency numbers are through the roof offensively when LeBron is at center. He can he can orchestrate everything. Now they have four guards or so on the court at all times. They can, they can switch everything defensively. Their issue is rebounding. Giving up 20-plus rebounds, offensive rebounds, in the last two games. Winning them, but still giving them up. Actually, I believe they lost one. They lost Memphis. Yeah, they lost to Memphis, giving them 20 offensive rebounds. But then they went ahead and beat Minnesota. But that's because Minnesota without Clay Anthony, Carl Anthony Towns, and with no D'Lo. So what are you really doing? You, 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 you kept Anthony Edwards at bay. Congrats to you. What's the point of getting a defensive stop if you're still giving up the offensive rebound? Now, they gave up over 20 and gave up 20 points on putbacks or second-chance opportunities. So LeBron thought that was good, but I feel like it's a trap win. Trap games are usually games where you have a back-to-back a certain night or you have a team that you're supposed to beat, but you're overlooking them because the next team is really, really good, and that's a team you might have to face in the in the finals or, or the conference finals. So you see a team like Detroit, right, Milwaukee, you see a team like Detroit, and you're like, oh, we could beat that team, so we're not going to play that hard, but then you got another good game the next night, and that's when you're overlooking them. Those are called trap games. I call this a trap win. Because a lot of times when you win a game, you tend not to focus or look at the mistakes that you've made in that win. Sometimes you just say, hey, a win is a win. You hear that all the time. A win is a win. Is it? Is a win a win? I don't think so. This trap win, you have players missing assignments once again. You're giving them offensive rebounds because you refuse to play a traditional big when you have a traditional big on the other side of the court and Nas Reed. Nas Reed had a, what did he do? He put up like 24 points or something like that and like nine rebounds. He went off, right? He had a career night. He had a career night, which a lot of people tend to do, but it's like when they went against Memphis and they had uh, a traditional big out there or they went against, what team did they go against where they had uh, Steve Adams out there? I can't remember what team had Steve Adams. I'm sorry. He moves around. He's not in OKC. I think he was in New Orleans. He's not in New Orleans because Valentunas is there. I think it's Memphis. And they had a traditional big out there, and you put a small out there. You put LeBron. It don't work. Or you put AD. It don't work. And I'm glad we got Stanley Johnson. The Lakers have moved Rondo and a three-team trade with the Knicks and, and, and Cleveland to remove the roster spot. I believe that guy, I forgot his name, was Denzel or something like that. He's going to get weight, and it's going to allow them to be able to, to uh, keep Stanley Johnson. But that's a whole other topic about the roster spots and everything like that. I want to focus more on LeBron, how well he's been playing lately. Even though they have these trap that trap win. If they don't figure it out how to do box out by committee and not having four guys crash the board so that you're allowing the team to get long rebounds. Because if you had a traditional big out there in Dwight, you wouldn't have all your guards crashing the board. And I hate when you always see Russell out there trying to get those boards. Stay out there in your position. Look for the outlet pass, and you would get those rebounds. Those are, the, those are the same rebounds that you see Lonzo Ball getting and you see Chris Paul getting. You'll see Kyle Lowry getting those rebounds because they staying out on the perimeter trying to get the outlet, and they luck up and get those long rebounds. So, Russ, stay home. Stop trying to feed and try to st- pad your stats. 
and get those defensive rebounds. I like when you get the offensive ones, but try not to leave the let the bigs, let the let LeBron and the other guys down there get those close falling rebounds. And you guys stop your man from diving to get the long rebounds, like Pat Beverly and the other guys doing that. And that will help. That's one of the items. I don't want to get into too much more of it because we could we could go we have weeks to unpack this. What I really want to do is I want y'all to listen to what Russell Westbrook said after this current win. But the, the media still found a way to highlight his turnovers as he had nine turnovers of the 18 that the Lakers had in their win over Minnesota as their narrow victory over a short-handed Minnesota South. Listen to this. Listen to this. Hey, Russ, what did you and your teammates do in the fourth quarter to limit the turnovers uh, that had, had been problematic in the first three quarters? Uh, just make easy reads. Easy reads, take what the defense is giving you. Are you starting to get some level of cohesion now that you've had a couple of guys back out of protocols and able to flow from one game to the next that hasn't kind of been possible of late? Um, a little bit. Um, finding lineups, find, figuring out how to play with uh, some of the guys has been out um, but definitely better uh, last two games Russ Russ when you have um, you know turnovers like you had in the first half um, what what's sort of the adjustment after halftime or, or you know late in the game to to kind of find that pace is I mean is it about pace is it about reads what what stands out about the adjustments I just made easy reads <laughs> Where'd that come from? Um, Russ, you guys are 38 games in, into this now, and it seems like over the last week, you maybe have found a little bit of an identity um, playing a, a, a specific style. Um, does, are you comfortable with that time frame that, it, that it's taken kind of this long? And, and, and do you like the sort of what you guys have found here um, since AD has been out? Uh, I was just trying to figure it out. Just trying to get some wins is all you can do. Figure out best way to be able to play with um, what we have, and uh, that's all we can do. You, you did some of this in, in Houston, um, played kind of centerless, I guess, basketball. Um, what, what When a team like Minnesota is beating you guys on the glass and you know, playing well in the paint. Like, what do you, what, what does it take to kind of to, to turn off that faucet um, when you just don't throw a size at it? Um, I thought it was fine, you know. thought we were good. Uh, did a good job of holding our own. Gutted it out. Sometimes it's going to be like that. Uh, but I thought we were fine. Russ, the late jumper uh, that you hit in a crucial moment of the game and you let out kind of like a, a, a roar, uh, what did that do for you? I mean, it, Obviously, the numbers suggest that you weren't playing your best up to that moment. And um, how, how, how does it feel for you to be able to contribute in a big moment when the rest of the game wasn't necessarily going your way? I disagree. Disagree. Um, you, dis you disagree. Uh, with disagree. the part of the game wasn't going my way. Um, my game, you know. It's fine. My, my game is not predicated on shots or if I turn the ball over, like, if I miss some shots, that's the part of the game. I'm allowed to miss shots. I can do that, you know? Like any other player, I can do that. I can turn the ball over, too. I can I can do that. That's all a part of the game. Um, but when you watch a basketball game and figure out what impact, uh, making the right plays, boxing out, rebounding, whatever that may be, 
um, making the right play, making the right reads. Um, that's all about being a basketball player. Um, and that shot, I mean, just a shot I, I work on every every day. Um, it didn't really do nothing for me. Uh, just that it's been there all night and I should have been taking it. Okay. What? Okay. If you go to my Twitter, my profile picture is with a Russell Westbrook shirt. I'm currently trying to acquire the new city version of the Russell Westbrook jersey. Because he's from here. He's homegrown. And I love his heart and effort he gives. However, that interview talking about the th- he pretty much broke down everything he doesn't do. He does not make the correct reads. He does not box out, even though he gets rebounds. He doesn't box out. He doesn't box anyone out. And right now, what they have playing five for four guards, they're all trained to box out the man next to you. Everyone's boxing out from the top to the bottom so they can get team rebounds. It's not about you getting the rebounds. It's about you stopping the other team from getting rebounds. Now, Westbrook saying making the correct reads. You have not made the correct reads. You had seven turnovers in the first freaking half. You had nine overall. The Lakers went with zero turnovers until you were re-entered into the game midway through the fourth quarter. That was the first turnover of the fourth quarter, and it was given by you. Most of your turnovers of the nine, six of them were unforced. And you want to say making the correct reads? You want to say getting the rebounds? You say just playing basketball, as you like to say? Man, please. The problem with the Lakers, we can say AD, he ain't been playing. Westbrook has good games, but he's inconsistent. You don't get paid $40 million to be inconsistent. And it's not even just about the money. You're making, you lead the league by far in turnovers. How are you a former MVP, future Hall of Famer, and the number one paid person on the team and the point freaking guard? And you are leading the league in turnovers. Your number one job is to facilitate and to protect the ball. You're like the quarterback of the team. And if you had a football team where your quarterback led the league in interceptions, I show you a team who does not have a chance to win the damn championship. These are the facts. That's what's wrong. And when him making statements like this, Let's me know that he does not give a damn. Let's me know he's being defiant. I don't agree with that. Like you were defensive about that. Definitive. It was nothing to it was nothing to disagree with. It was factual. You were messing up and you were getting better and he was trying to give you credit. He gave you an alley-oop and you still fumbled it. West Brick. Get it together. I heard you say in interviews before, they want me to do this, they want me to do that, they want me to average a 25 sound like you're complaining for being coached that's what you've been lacking your entire career and damn it i'm going to talk about your jump shot right now if you watch how you shoot your free throws you follow through with your free throws but when you shoot a jump shot preferably a three-pointer you flick the ball at the rim why that is not how you train to shoot the damn ball you shoot you follow through you stare it down you square up to the rim you do not flick it like a damn slingshot Get it together. You've been in the league for 13 damn years. You've been an MVP. You've been, a, you're, you're, the, you're the reigning triple-double king. And yet you're still doing crap like if you were in high school. High school. 
which was like 16 years ago, damn near two decades. I need you to fix it now. All right. So, <laughs> with all that being said, the way the Lakers are looking right now, they are now 500 again, damn near halfway through the season, and they're 19 and 19. But guess what? They're only a, a half a game out of fifth place. There's a little space between them and the Grizzlies. The cushion is Grizzlies are holding that perimeter there in fourth. They're six games out of first. Um, the Warriors have a whole game lead over the Suns. First and then Suns second, Jazz third, Grizzlies fourth. And that's kind of the hierarchy right there. The Grizzlies just went on a five-game winning streak. They're the hottest team in the West right now. So good luck trying to catch them. The Nuggets right there in fifth. They just lost the game. They're only, like I said, only a half game better than Lakers. Mavericks right there with a three-game winning streak. And um, the Clippers right there, tie record, but the, they have a tiebreaker. So the Clippers are also right there. They're, they're not doing well right now. Lakers should probably leapfrog them soon. Timberwolves in ninth and the Kings at 10th. So that's kind of moving around a lot between the 10th, 11th, and 12th. Those teams are circulating a little bit. There's only a one-game difference between the three of them to get that final spot for the playing game. I believe that the, uh, the Blazers should get it. I mean, you have Dame Lillard. Once your team is healthy, once CJ McCullough comes back, I don't see why they won't make that swing. All right. Moving into the Eastern Conference, we have the Bulls, like I said before, number one with an eight-game winning streak, the hottest team in the league. 76ers have won four straight. They're in the sixth spot. Now, the Nets are in second, two games behind. The Bucks are tied with them, two games behind, behind as well. Both teams are in a little bit of a little slide, but really the Nets have lost three straight. Look out for that. The Heat lost two straight, and they just lost Jimmy Butler, so they're going to slide a little bit as well in the fourth seed. Cavaliers may move up. They're only a game and a half behind the Heat for that fourth seed in fifth. 76ers in the sixth spot, and they, just, like I said, went on a four-game winning streak. Wizards dropped down from where they were early in the season, but they're now a game over 500 in the seventh slot. And the Hornets pick up the rear in the eighth slot, but now you got to count nine and ten because we have play-in. Ninth seed right now is the Celtics, who are game under 500, and the Raptors are in tenth, who are also a game under 500 right there. The Knicks are out of it right now, so are the Hawks. That's surprising. Hopefully, they can probably jump over the Raptors, but it's really a close finish right there. We'll see what happens there. I want to go over a few things with you guys. If you guys didn't know, halfway through the season, the leaders, we're going to go over the league leaders real quick. Uh, the points per game leader is Kevin Durant, 29.7. Trey Young's right there, and Giannis right behind him as well. It's really close between Kevin Durant, Trey Young, Giannis, Steph, and DeMar DeRozan rounding out the five. Rebounds per game, Rudy, Bo Rudy Gobert, and then Nikola Jokovic. Wow, right there. And Clint Capella, Rudy has 15.1, Jokovic has 14. Clint Capella, DeMontis Sabonis, and Giannis Valanciunas out of New Orleans, rounding out the top five. Assists per game, shocker. Chris Paul, wow, Harden's right there as well. Trey Young, not too far. For Trey Young to be the number two scorer, number three in assists, I might have to eat my words with uh, with LaMelo Ball. He has a lot of ground to make up. DeJounte Murray, right there, number four. Russell Westbrook, fifth. But he also leads the league in turnover, so that doesn't mean anything to me. Blocks per game, Miles Turner. So you got two guys from Indy, but they're not even making the playoffs. Interesting. Miles Turner, 2.8. Woody Gobert, right there, 2.3. Mo Bamba from Orlando. Anthony Davis from the Lakers and Robert Williams III. That's the Time Lord in Boston. Steals per game. Alex Caruso, ex-Laker, looking good. Gary Trent Jr. out of Toronto. DeJounte Murray out of San Antonio. Did not know that. Chris Paul, hmm. Number four, still at his old age. Marcus Smart, fifth. Round out the top five. Field goal percentage, once again, Rudy Gobert, 70.6. Jared Allen, Richard Holmes from Sacramento. Daniel Gafford of Washington and JaVale McGee out of Phoenix running up the top five. So, 
um, three-point percentage is Joe Harris, 46.6. P.J. Tucker in those corner threes in Miami, 46. Eric Gordon, 45%. Jonas Valachunas, a center at 45%. And Keldon Johnson out of uh, San Antonio. I believe he comes off the bench a lot at 44.9%. All right, the best fantasy player right now is Nikolai Jokovic and Giannis Antetokounmpo. So that's that. Buddy Hill is actually second in three points made, and so is Patty Mills. So you got Brooklyn with uh, Patty Mills with the third most three points made. And then you have Joe Harris with the highest three-point percentage. Now you have Kyrie coming back. They should be the favorites to win it all. So that is that when it comes to basketball this week. Got to stay tuned. Um, real quick, in wrestling, Roman Reigns missed day one, the pay-per-view this past weekend due to COVID. And that allowed Brock Lesnar to get inserted into a fatal four-way for the, the Raw Championship, where Big E got got beat by Brock Lesnar, ended up taking his title. And I I don't want, you know, we're just going to leave it there. If you don't watch wrestling, go watch. If you don't, it is what it is. I don't like how they give the black champion such a short reign. And they have a guy who's part-time and Brock Lesnar could come back anytime he wants to get the championship. I don't really feel that. I, I, don't, I, don't, like, I don't like part-time guys getting it. If you don't do that, let The Rock come and get it once in a while. So I feel like The Rock may come back once in a while to get that. Also, things that I've watched, I did watch uh, Spider-Man, the new Spider-Man. It, it's actually really good. You have to actually appreciate all the Spider-Mans to watch it. When you watch it, you'll see what I mean by that. It wasn't just limited to the current universe. So I like that a lot about this Spider-Man. So um, that's it this week. Um, next segment we have, we're going to talk about my top picks. I'm not going to let you get out of here without my NBA top picks. You've been listening to The Time Is Now. All right, let's get into the NBA, my NBA top picks. It's my NBA top picks tonight, tonight, Tuesday, Memphis versus Cleveland. I got Cleveland beating Memphis at home. Later, Sacramento versus the Lakers. I got the Lakers beating the Sacramento Queens at home. Next, Wednesday, Golden State versus Dallas on the road. I got Golden State beating the Mavericks on the road. Utah versus Denver. I got Denver winning that matchup at home. Thursday, I got the Boston Celtics versus the New York Knicks. I got Boston winning that on the road. The Clippers versus Phoenix. I got Phoenix winning that at home. Next, Friday, Milwaukee versus the Brooklyn Nets. I got Milwaukee upsetting the Nets on the road. Washington versus Chicago. I got Chicago winning that game at home. Atlanta versus the Lakers. I got the Lakers winning that at home. Next, Saturday, Milwaukee's on the back-to-back. So I got Milwaukee losing and Charlotte on the road. Then I got Miami versus Phoenix. I got Phoenix winning that game at home. Now, Sunday, Chicago versus Dallas. I got Chicago beating Dallas on the road. Cleveland versus Golden State. I got Cleveland upsetting Golden State on the road. Next, Memphis versus the Lakers. I got Lakers getting some redemption against Memphis. Finally, 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 Monday, Milwaukee versus Charlotte. It's the rematch, people. I got Milwaukee beating Charlotte on the road. Finally, Brooklyn versus Portland. I got Brooklyn beating down Dame Dollar and them Portland boys on the road that's my week top picks my nba top picks coming up this week enjoy the nba season we'll see you all next week listen to the time is now We do not own the rights 
to this music.
earlier in the show, we spoke about <clears throat> players, presumably uh, AB, Antonio Brown, and his situation, and um, what he did on the field this past Sunday, and then what he continued to do after that as well. Um, and we could go through all the different stuff. And we mentioned CTE and stuff like that. But then we even spoke a little bit about Kevin Porter Jr. And um, what he's been dealing with. And what I don't want to get mistaken through all this is that um, these are all signs of mental health issues. And people want to say these are entitled athletes. These are this, these are that. And back in my day, and this was that, and I understand that. But back in the day, people had different opioids or different alcohol things to kind of quench those uh, anxieties, quench those m things speaking to them in their minds, things that were possibly plaguing them. And these are all signs or cries for help. Rather it be the differences with a different, I say spirits in the world, when you have social media that attacks you at different levels, when you have different uh, social norms, when we're, we're living in a completely different mindset, mind space, where there's so much information that's being pumped into you, where you, all it does is just goes into your spirit. And if you're not have the, the shield to, to protect yourself from it, then of course mental health issues will be at a heightened level. Not to mention all the different chemicals and stuff that we put into our foods and all the different vaccinations and things we pump into our bodies that can make a metabolical change inside of our minds and body. You see people, this is something I'm gonna stick on. This is something I'm gonna harp on because of the fact that I too am one of these people. I too am someone who have dealt with these things for many, many years. I too was in an occupation that enabled me to be who I was and who I'm still recovering from. This is a daily thing, people. Back in my profession, people who know me, people listening right now who worked with me back in the day, will recall times when I would just blow up on the showroom floor they even make jokes about me back in the day when I went off and I was going ballistic over something. I was throwing my shoes at the, in the car wash. They're like, dude, this dude is crazy. What's wrong with this dude? And I just had a reflection back. I was taking a client to a Nissan store to look at a vehicle recently. We were comparing a lot of different um, models and Cerritos is the perfect place to go and compare because there's the largest auto mall in the world. So took my client down there, and as I'm walking through, I'm like, dude, I'm going to go see my buddy. He works over there. He's one of the managers down there, uh, Billy. The, shout out Billy Frazier. He's there now. But I was down there, and I had, and they remodeled the whole store, but I had a, a moment. I had a flashback years ago in my 20s. I was following up with the client. I'm going to skip to all the major points because I can't even remember all the details. I'm just give you the major points. And um, the setup is this. In the car business back then, I don't know how it is now, but back then you had a sales associate, and now they call them product specialists. We had a sales associate, then you had an ASM, which is your assistant sales manager, who's the, who you guys would call the closer or the hammer, the guy who comes in after that salesman uh, to close the deal. 
And then there was a sales manager. That's the guy on the desk in the tower. Back then, he used to have towers, guys, in elevated places. It was it was a whole thing set up there for psychological reasons, actually. But they had a sales manager at the tower sitting up there just on his computer doing all the different stuff, computerizing, compartmentalizing, or whatever, the numbers, right? And the ASM will go back and forth to, to get the numbers from them. The mysterious man who makes all the decisions, right? All right. Everybody hates it. Okay. So, following up with this lady for a while. She comes in with her boyfriend or fiance, doesn't matter, with another man. And, um, you know, her and I were good. We were almost done with the deal. Then he starts, you know, we call it the third basin, right? Basement, putting his own whatever in there, messing up the deals for at least for me. And then my ASN comes in, tries to close them. And he came out with, you know, with one scenario. And the guy was like, nope, that's okay. Now we're out of here. And she was like, oh, I'm so sorry. So now me being a young we call him Green, Green P, Green Salesman, chasing him down. Hey, wait, what? what's going on? Uh, I thought we had a deal. Um, what's happening? Oh, what can I do? And then they just walk in. She's like, I'm sorry. He's pulling her along. They get in the car. And I'm sitting here, still green, still begging, like trying to figure out what happened. Right? And then, <laughs> and everyone's standing up front. You know, how you go to the dealership and they should just stand there waiting for you. Like all these people just on a line, you know, just intimidating people who don't even want to park now because you know how it used to be. Probably still like that. I don't know. It was worse then. And they were just all standing out there at night, right? And then as I'm pleading my case, trying to win their business back, which is horrible, the guy's on his cell phone and everything like that. And all he does is just shoes me off. He just shoes me off. Like, like, dude, like, leave, move, get out of here. And something snapped in me. I said, F you. Everybody's like, whoa. And I spit on the windshield. <laughs> I spit on the windshield. His eyes got big, like, whoa. And then they pull off really quick. And I'm just going on a tirade. And I'm just yelling all types of things. And, and then, as you know, they get to the, the, the edge of the parking lot. And they stopped the car. And the door opened. I'm, so I'm, obviously, later, I guess they were trying to switch to who was going to drive or Maybe even clean the windshield. I don't know. So when that door opened, I start rushing the car. And I'm like, get out the mother. I'll, kick, I'll whoop your mother. All the Compton in me came out immediately. And I lost it. I felt so disrespected. But see, this is not a normal reaction. And I've had several like these. I used to get back in the days, we used to go fight in the back. I've had several issues with several different people at, at, at all levels of management and, and my own peers, but I would just go off. But because I was such a talented salesperson, they never got rid of me. Even at times when I, be, when I had to go to AA meetings because I would come in drunk, I would go in the back and get drunk in my car to go ahead and sell a car. They suspended me and sent me to AA. That allowed me to go back to church because my church had the AA program and so forth and so on. And now we are here. My point is, you have no idea what people have gone through or are going through. It took me to go through a traumatic episode in 2013, the anniversary of my brother's suicide, the anniversary where I had a mental breakdown and they had to put me in a 5150. And not until then, until I was clinically diagnosed and I had to get help and I was admitted for days did I get help. And it wasn't even then. They put me on medication. I stopped taking it. 
it was not until I had a daughter who was two or three years old at the time and I could not take care of her that day. I just laid in bed all day depressed. Did I then make a vow to start taking my medication? People, what you don't understand, you don't understand. You cannot make jokes, make fun of things that you do not understand. These people are dealing with things. They're battling demons. What you need to do is pray for them and help and hope they get the help that they need to get them to the other side. Because what you don't want to do is make these jokes and then days later you found out they committed suicide. Rest in peace, Robert Williams. Robin Williams. He was in his 60s and he still did it. He was battling demons his entire life. This is something I don't take lightly. These are things that I understand and most people simply just don't. I will not be one of those people who's going to continue to condemn them or even mock them or laugh at them. You don't, it's not about how much money you have. Because when I went through my demons, I had the most money I've ever had in my life. People say when you get money, it doesn't cure your problems. All it does is bring all of your attributes to the surface. It just heightens it. It illuminates it. So let's get out of that whole money discussion because when you never had it, you don't understand. Pray for these people and I wish them well. Until next time. You can win As long as you keep your head to the sky Be optimistic well, that's it this week, guys. Thank you all for rocking with me once again. Another week, another great show. Appreciate all my faithful listeners all this time rocking with me and giving me all the support. Got a lot of new subscribers this week, so I appreciate a lot of you guys. I know a lot of y'all came from the Twitter sphere, so I appreciate all y'all. Thank you for coming in and, and coming through to the show. Appreciate y'all. Um, once again, the music choice this week was Get Your Freak On by Missy Elliott. What a great, great tune, man. So once again, if you like the show, like the show. Of course, of course, share, and of course, of course, subscribe. Now it's time for our final word. But if in seeking to be justified in Christ, we Jews find ourselves also among the sinners, doesn't that mean that Christ promotes sin? Absolutely not. If I rebuild what I destroyed, then I really would be a lawbreaker. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Galatians 2, 17 through 20. Remember, spread love, share love, embrace love, for God is love. Until next time, peace. Child.